Well, there was some hope for a second there. For a second there, it looked like the Pistons might break their losing streak, but nonetheless, they have lost 12 straight games now after losing to the Denver Nuggets without Jokic, without Jamal Murray, without their head coach. It just keeps getting worse. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. Today, you'll hear more about FanDuel a little later on. But, guys, I, I, I don't know. Guys, I don't know how much, I don't know if I got it in me no more, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. The Detroit Pistons lose their 12th straight game to the Denver Nuggets, which, again, on its face, doesn't sound terrible. Oh, well, actually, hold on. Let me, let me backtrack. It, does, it sounds terrible on the face. It doesn't matter. But losing to the Nuggets part doesn't sound terrible. The 12th straight, that's, I don't care who you lose to. I don't care if you played the Monstars. It's, it's 12 games is 12 games. So, but losing to the Nuggets itself doesn't sound terrible. That is until you find out that they were without Jamal Murray. And Nikola Jokic mailed this one in, getting ejected 14 minutes into the game. And then also their head coach gets ejected in the first 12 minutes of the game. The Nuggets very clearly early on had mailed this game in. Didn't look like they were taking the Pistons seriously at all. Didn't look like they even wanted to be on the court. Jokic clearly didn't want to be there. Michael Malone clearly didn't want to be there. Like none of the none of the Nuggets looked like they wanted to be there, except two people. Two people. Two people looked like they wanted to be in Detroit. Two people looked like they were actually familiar with Detroit. And I wonder why. Their names are Reddy Jackson and Contavious Caldwell Pope. In a game the Detroit Pistons had a chance to win. In a game where the Pistons had the lead late in the fourth quarter. In one of these games. The Pistons had it at a tie game after a Cade layup with a minute and a half left. In one of those games, it wasn't Jokic that sent them home. It wasn't Jamal Murray that sent them home. It wasn't Aaron Gordon who sent them home. It was Reggie Jackson, who wasn't even in their rotation last year, and KCP, the two former Detroit Pistons backcourt mates for, the, for a six-year stretch. The former Detroit Pistons sent the Pistons home packing. For their 12th straight loss. 12th straight loss. Contavious Caldwell Pope had 20 points. Reggie Jackson looked like 2016 Reggie with 21 points and 6 assists, 9-15 shooting. Those two guys just sent the Detroit Pistons home. For their, sec- for their 12th straight loss. It's, it's, it's Every time I think it's hit rock bottom, it somehow gets worse. I, I wouldn't have came on here and said it was rock bottom after just losing to the Denver Nuggets. But my God, every day, it seems like they find a new way. Every single day. If you would have told me they lost to Jokic and Murray, it would have been like, well, yeah, you know, shouldn't have lost those other teams. 12 straight, you get what you get. 
If you would then came up to me and say, yeah, well, they were without Murray, they're without Jokic, their head coach gets ejected early in the game, and the Pistons lost to Reggie Jackson and Cantavius Caldwell-Pope. Those two guys send you home? It just keeps getting worse, dog. It, 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 for, it seriously just keeps getting worse. I can't, I like, I can't find the words for how upsetting, how embarrassing, and 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 unacceptable this really is. Betty Jackson again wasn't in the Denver Nuggets rotation this past season. He joined them midway through the season on the waiver wire. He shot thirty eight percent for them last year. He wasn't in the rotation. He's playing much better this year. But it's Reddy Jackson at thirty three years old. There's no reason why him and Contavious Caldwell Pope should be the ones sending you home. I, I I don't got nothing. I like I I don't I don't got nothing, man. I just don't. I just don't. They started Ivy this game. Ivy played really well. Seven of eight for the field. Seventeen points, four rebounds, three assists. He did have four turnovers. Him and Kate continue to struggle with turnovers. But Ivy, I'd say, played a fine game. And despite that, despite Ivy starting and playing a good game, I was told Ivy would be the difference. I was told, oh, you don't need to do anything. This team's fine. Once Ivy starts, he's going to save everything. They lost to a Denver team without their two best players and their head coach, despite that. Starting Kay Cunningham and Jane Ivy, they still only scored 103 points this game. They shot 44% from the field and 33% from deep. Jane Ivy is not saving this. No one player is saving what's going wrong with the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons have lost 12 straight games. If they, I, I tweeted this out and I mean it. If the Detroit Pistons can't beat the Denver Nuggets without Jokic and Murray and without their head coach and having a lead late in this game, if they can't beat Contavious Caldwell Pope and Reggie Jackson, who can they beat? Who are they going to beat? Like, these teams keep giving the Pistons chances. If you went through each game and didn't tell somebody the result before the start of the year and told them, okay, this Milwaukee game, they're gonna be t- you're going to have the lead in the second half, and they're going to be without Giannis. In the Portland Trailblazers game, they're going to be without their two, be- two of their best players, and you're going to have a lead in the second half. In this game against the Phoenix Suns, they're going to be without two of their best players, you're going to be having it competitive. In a game against the Chicago Bulls, you just beat them earlier in the year, and you have a lead in the second half, just keep going down and down the Atlanta Hawks competitive game. You're going without Atlanta, uh, without Trey Young, Cleveland Cavaliers. You play them without Donovan Mitchell. You go against the Toronto Raptors on the road. They're five and seven, not playing well this year. If you went through and told someone each one of those circumstances before the year, they would have said, well, the Pistons at least probably win three or four of those. It seems like those teams are wanting them to win. The Pistons literally have been given chance after chance, after chance, after chance by teams. They're sitting their best players out. Like, these teams are not playing their best players. They have players piecing out mid-game, getting two techs instantly over nothing. Jokic got ejected over nothing. I don't know what he was so pissed about. Like, he, he, just, he just decided he didn't want to play. They have guys giving them games, and they still can't win. I don't care if you start Jane Ivey, bench Jane Ivey, start Jane Ivey. I don't care who plays. I, I don't care if Michael Jordan suited up. I, I don't know who could save this. I, I don't know what's going on. There's no, look, we're going to talk about Cade having a good game later because we can't just sit here and talk about negative nonstop. But let me make this very clear. We are going to talk about Cade's good game and talk about what he did well. But we're, I'm not taking no, there is no moral victory from this. There, there is no real positives from this. You lose this many games in a row, 
when and teams give you this type of chance to crack losing streaks, you have to do that. You cannot fumble these kind of opportunities. Because when you go against teams that are full strength, you can't beat them. You have no chance of beating them now. Like, I haven't seen them have a chance of being a full-strength team yet. So when you go against these teams that give you these chances to win, short-handed, short-handed, teams that don't even want to be in the arena, don't want to be in Detroit. They, the Denver did not want to be here today. And you still lose? You get outplayed by two former Pistons over the age of 30? Like, bro, you what... There's no excuse for this stuff, man. There's like this is a just finds a way. It finds a way to get worse and worse and worse. The Pistons were down by 40 against the Toronto Raptors at one point, and I think this loss might be the worst uh, might be worse than that one. Once the Pistons got down to 20 by 20 to the Raptors, everything after it was just a joke basically. Everything after that I just I just found things to laugh at. It was just like a funny thing. You turn it into a comedy at that point. Like it turned into a comedy movie. Okay? This game, you see Jokic is out Murray go, is out. Malone goes out. The Pistons have a lead in the second half. You're like, oh my god, they've been given a they've been given a, a, an easy gift here, an early Christmas present. The Denver Nuggets came to came to Detroit feeling jolly, decided to give the Pistons a present. Who knows? They I don't know what the Pistons did to deserve one, but they gave them a present. And the Pistons said, you know what? This present we don't like presents. We like coal. We're just going to give you guys the present right back because we don't like them. Like I don't know. I like I I don't got nothing. I ain't got nothing for y'all. I like I. I ain't got nothing. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. How you guys feeling, man? How you guys feeling after 12 straight losses? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter, at Hill. <sighs> when we come back, we'll talk about Cade, who did have a good game, and talk about the things he did well within this game. Um, we'll break down not just his game, but some of the things that I saw that affected him in good ways and affected him in bad ways. Some adjustments I saw from Monty Williams that helped Cade, and some things that can still that still need to be worked out to to really try to, you know, give an effort to really elevate this offense. Um, we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. Kick off the NFL season and start up with the NBA season, that's just obviously 13, 14 games into the year, with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, and when I tell you guys it's easy to use, for me, someone like me a few years ago, I had no idea how to go about any of this stuff. FanDuel is the easiest one. I loaded it up, I downloaded it, and it was it, it's self-explanatory. It's very simple. You get paid instantly. It's, it's very, very easy. And you can do spreads on there. You can do player props. You can do over-unders and more. There's so much stuff you can do with FanDuel, and I've told you guys this many, many times. If you're a Lions fan before the season, FanDuel had the, had the Lions, not the Pistons, the Lions as favorites to win the division and favorites to win 10-plus games. It looks like both those things are going to happen. You can bet on futures like that. With the NBA season, you heck, you can still bet on some futures with the NFL season. That's the kind of stuff you can do over at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That's with FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. So, again, like I said, I want to make this very clear. 
I am in no ways trying to pull moral victories from this game. I am in no way trying to say you shouldn't be mad after this game, that the Pistons are in absolutely, you know, uh, I don't want to call it rock bomb anymore because we've used rock bomb three times now. I don't even know what word to use to describe it. Just bad. Just bad. They're in bad place right now. No way in any, any type of way am I trying to say this is not the case. But damn it, I can't, I, I'm telling you guys right this right now. For my mental health, for your mental health, I cannot st- stay on here for 30 minutes again ripping this team. I cannot spend 30 minutes on this podcast again going at this team wondering how much worse it can get because every time I ask that question, somehow they find a way to make it worse. So maybe if I stop asking that question, it'll stop happening. I, I, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm not going to bring it up anymore, and maybe it'll stop happening because it literally feels like the Pistons are listening to me and they're like, bet, hold my beer, and they go out and, and just make it worse. They do something worse. So I, I can't do it. I can't do it again. I know you guys have found a lot of fun the last few days in my misery. I'm happy that you guys have been able to find some joy, some comfort zone. It, truly, I'm not even joking with that, honestly. I'm being serious. I'm glad that I bring some level of comfort and happiness to you guys' day with the Pistons. Um, because of my rant and my emotional state um, and my, you know, being entertaining for you guys. So I really do appreciate that. However, I, I, it's not good for you. It's not good for me if I do it again. <laughs> like, I just, we, they, I, we can't do it. We can't. So let's, let's move on to Cade, who did play well. He was probably, him and Ivy, I'd say, were the lone bright spots. Stanley Umude, you know, he played well, but I, he's not going to play when everyone gets back healthy. And I, I, I think he's a fine two-way player, but he's not... He's not worth, you know, talking about on the podcast right now. Like, he was I, um, and and Marvin Bagley actually was was I too. He actually was pretty good this game. But Ivy and Cade were very clearly, I think, the biggest bright spots. And Cade played a really really good game. Twenty seven points, nine assists, three steals, two rebounds, a block. 7 of 17 from the floor, 2 of 5 from deep. And the biggest bright spot, the, 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 the most bright, shining bright spot of this game was the fact that K drew 11 free throws. It was a season high. I, I, I haven't went back and looked, but I, I'd love to know if there was another game. Um, I'm assuming there was because they didn't say it was a career high. They said season high. But I'd love to know what that other game was that he had more free throw attempts than this game um, because I can't remember it. And... I can't. Not only can I not remember it, I, I can't remember a time he was even close to this many free throws. So I mean, I can go quickly. Last year he had a game with nine free throws. Um, let's go through his rookie year real quick. Rookie year, free throws. He had one at ten in the first half, first ten games of the year. Ten, ten. Oh, so he had eleven against Dallas in the eightieth game of his rookie season. So this was a career high if I'm if I'm looking at this correctly. Um, that, that's the, I hope Cade, and again, even, I'm going to say this, but the refs have to help him out, but I hope Cade really watches this game and sees that, hey, I can shoot 7 of 17 from the floor and still be hyper-efficient from the floor because of how much he can get to the basket. He He's third in the NBA and drives to the basket. I believe he's at 18.3. Third in the league in most drives to the basket. If he can just turn those drives into free throw attempts, he would instantly become double the efficiency that he has right now. Like, he would be so much more of an efficient player, and he would take another jump in his development. He has to be able to draw free throws. It's the biggest part right now of his game that he's missing. 
I think the three-point shot is actually here. I, I, I know he struggles shooting-wise from be- deep over the last, like, six or seven games. But for the first six or seven games, he was shooting 44%. So, like I said a few podcasts ago, I think he's probably somewhere in between that. Probably somewhere around, like, 34 35%, I'd say. Um, and this game, he shot two or four from deep. So, And he's been hitting more pull-up threes this year. So, I, look, I think his three-point shot, oh, when we look back at, back at it at the end of the season – it's going to be fine. Like, I think his three-point shot and his progression in that department, I think it's getting back to where it was in college. So that's not what I'm worried about. I, I think that's coming around. Um, the free throws, though, is what he has to adjust to and get better at, and he did a good job of it tonight. He utilized a lot of pump fakes. He went to a lot of contact with the Denver Nuggets players, and the refs were finally calling free throws or calling fouls for him. There were a few plays where it looked like the refs really just didn't want to call a foul for him. There was a few times Greg Kelser, even during the broadcast, was like, you know, refs didn't look like they really wanted to call that one. And, yeah, for real, there was multiple times where they ended up calling a foul, but they, like, waited till the very last second, or the ref on the other side of the court had to call the foul because the one right next to K didn't want to call it. So I'll maintain that I think K just gets an absolutely terrible whistle and refs don't respect him somehow. But whether we like it or not, Cade needs to find some way, like he did tonight, to bait the refs into having to make these calls. Make it so oblivious, so obvious, not oblivious, so obvious that he's being fouled the way he gets these free throw attempts. Because getting these 11 free throws, it slows the game down for him. It slows the game down for the Pistons. He plays a more efficient game. And you end up with a game where he has 27 and 9 assists, and he's able to play really, really well. And he looks like that number one overall pick. He has to continue to get to the free throw line. And one thing that I thought they did a lot this game, which I very much hope, I very much hope you see a lot more with Cade moving forward. They used him in the post a ton today. And I don't mean down the block. I mean, got him in the post around the high post area, extended, let him back down, catch the ball and be able to face up against his guy, put his back to the defender, spin off of them, give him a little Jimmy Butler, you know, sway, jab step, um, I believe it, they call it the fake jab, uh, a sway fake jab step. I don't know what the exact terminology is, but if you watch Jimmy Butler, it's his favorite move is where he takes the jab step and swings the ball back and forth so you don't really know which way he's going. Then he explodes to the right um, or the, whichever way he jabs to. He was doing that a lot tonight. It really allows him to use his size and length to his advantage and use his quick... Um, I won't say he has an explosive first step, but he's very creative with his hand wife. You're like... Um, and he sinks his handle with his footwork very well, which really helps in those quick, um, short spaces, like in the high post extended area. And he was doing really well in that area. He was drawing a lot of fouls from it. Guys had to foul him because they were just weren't big enough to guard him. And that's part of the advantage you should be using at six 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 seven. The Pistons have a six 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 seven point guard. You need to be using his height and his size against guys that are trying to guard him. So I hope that not just Cade, but Monty Williams watches this game and sees how effective he was out of that high post extended area and and to, by getting to the basket, using his size to get over guys. I think that's something you'll see the Pistons do a lot more this season. And another thing that, that they did a lot more in this game that will help Cade, but not even enough. I don't think they even did it enough. But they, they played lineups with him that had a lot of spacing. Isaiah Livers returned. We'll talk about his return later. Um, he returned. And having him on the floor, they played him a lot. Um, he was supposed to be on a minutes restriction, but I believe he played 24 minutes in this game, didn't he? Or 23 minutes, that's what uh, what he played. Um, he played a lot of his minutes at the four next to Isaiah Stewart at the five. You had 80. Uh, J- 80. 
Jaden Ivey at the two, and then Asar Thompson at the three. So you had one guy on the floor and Asar that couldn't shoot, but everyone else on the floor is theoretically a spacer. So it gave Kane a little bit more space to drive. You saw him get into the basket a ton, drawing fouls. Uh, I hope they can continue to try to run lineups with him and spacing, with spacing, I should say. It's very, very important. They have to do it. Um, even despite that, though, the players that he's playing her with are still learning how to space an NBA floor. And it, it, it's really hurting Cade, and it hurts the Pistons' offense. For example, there's two possessions in the final minute and a half of the game. First play, Cade uh, gets a pick and roll. Um, he ends up turning into a little semi-iso, beats his guy off the dribble to the right, driving down the baseline somewhat. Um, gets all the way to the rim, and still sitting in the dunker spot, his guy rotates to, hit, to Cade. Cade has to deliver a, a pass to Stu in the dunker spot, but Asar Thompson is also floating around the mid-range area and ends up cutting right down the middle, so that leaves Michael Porter Jr. right behind Stu, who's able to get the block on Stu because the spacing just wasn't very good in that possession. If, let's just say on that possession, you have Stu in that deep corner and you have either Asar spotting up on the wing or him in the dunker spot, now you're making the defense pick their poison a little more because Cade creates the advantage. Either you help on Cade or he gets a layup if you do help on Cade. Now Cade can either kick out to the deep corner, which is the which is always what you're supposed to have when you drive along the baseline. Someone should always be in the deep corner as your release valve. You kick it to him in the deep corner, Stu gets a wide open three because of the advantage he created. Or they stick with Stu and Asar gets the easy dump off um, for a dunk in the dunker spot. They didn't do that. They're still learning how to space the floor, and that hurt that possession. And another possession with, I believe, 20 seconds left. Cade... Uh, hits Reddy Jackson with the tween cross, beats him off the dribble. The whole If you look at the video, fans on the baseline go crazy because it really was a dope move, cooked Reggie. And then he gets to the rim, and KCP's is sitting at the rim, waiting for him, goes up vertically because of Sarah Thompson sitting in the dunker spot. In that situation, the Pistons are down by three with around 18 seconds left on the, on the, on the clock. Sitting in the dunker spot isn't doing anything for the Pistons. Even if you score that two, you're still losing. You're still down by one. In that situation, Asar needs to be spotting up in the left wing. Stu's over in the corner like he was supposed to be. And if that's the case, if they want to help on Cade, now you gener- you've generated an open three. Cade has generated an open three and did his job. And now you just have to hope that you get a ch- you know you make the open three. Even if it is Asar taking it, at least you generate an open three with a chance to tie the game. Instead, you end up with a force layup up at the rim. And even if um, Cade dumps it off to Asar in the dunker spot, you still... Only getting two points, you're down by one. So those are situations where the Pistons have to get better at situationally, IQ-wise, um, knowing where to be on the court. Um, I don't know if, if it's a scheme thing or if it's the players messing up, but players need to be in the right spots on the floor that best suit them. Um, if you're going with Stuart the five as a spacer, he needs to be used as a spacer. It, it, the guy who should be in the dunker spot is Asar. Asar is going to be the one that's lethal in the dunker spot. Stu needs to be spotting up. Doing what, he, doing what you'd like him to do best, which is shoot the basketball and provide spacing. So that's something I'm, um, I, I really want to see them get better at moving forward because it would really help and solve a lot of their issues if guys were in the right places on the floor that helped the overall offense. Um, but, yeah, overall, a good game from Cade. Um, but it didn't result in the win, which is what really matters at this point. 12 straight losses, you need to get a win. So um, let me know what you guys thought about Cade's game tonight in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kukio. When we come back, Isaiah Livers returns from injury. How did he play in his first game back? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, 
I forgot to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Price Picks. Price Picks is my date, my favorite daily fantasy option out there. You might be asking, Koo, what is Price Picks? Well, again, it's daily fantasy, and you go on there and you pick two to six players, stat projections to see if they go more or less than their Price Picks projection. It's just that easy. Simple as that. Nothing else, nothing more, nothing less. It's simple. You either pick the over or more than Cade on his points, or you pick less than Cade on his points. More than Cade on his assist, less than Cade on his assist. Simple as that. All across the league, and it's not just NBA, it's NFL, NHL, eSports. They literally have everything on price picks. And with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball, like I was just saying, from the Specials League. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy platform with an injury insurance policy, and for those of you guys who have been active in daily fantasy, you guys know that's big time. That, that is huge. It's another reason why PrizePix is my favorite daily fantasy option out there. So go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA. And use code LOCKEDONNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, yes, if you use code LOCKEDONNBA, you'll get a first deposit match up to $100 with Price Picks. That's daily fantasy sports made easy again with Price Picks. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Isaiah Livers returned in this game. Um, didn't play very well. It's his first game back. Not sweating it too much. Um, but he definitely didn't play well. He shot 1 of 7 from the field. 0 of 3 from deep. Um, his only made shot was his first shot of the game within the first 20 seconds of him coming in. He had a pull-up midi coming off a pick and roll. Outside of that, really struggled tonight. Um, but even with that... You did see that defenses respect his spacing more than other options on the Pistons. And simply having that threat of spacing helps the Pistons in some capacity. Now, him playing badly and not making shots, that hurts. But that's where the Pistons are at right now. To where simply have, even if he's missing shots, simply having someone who has that, has somewhat of a level of respect from defenses from beyond the arc will help them. It helps them. Now, you need him to make shots. But yeah, that, that's I, I, if you watch this game offensively to see how defensive we're guarding Livers versus how they guard some of the other players on the team, like you notice it instantly. So once he starts making shots, it, it'll be big time. They desperately need that. Um, and Monty obviously really likes Isaiah Livers because he was supposed to be on a minutes restriction and play 23 minutes. So if that was him on a minutes restriction, I can only imagine how many minutes he's going to play without a minutes restriction. So... I think Monty notices that, the fact that he can bring that spacing and a level of defensive um, competence uh, because of how active he is as a team defender, um, how active he is on the board. He knows where to be. So I think Monty is probably going to really like Isaiah Livers. You're probably going to see a lot of Livers moving forward. Happy that he's back from injury. Um, didn't play well in his first game back, but it's his first time playing basketball in over a month and a half. I'm not trying to go at him too much over that. That's not... You know, I expect him to play better moving forward. Let's let him knock the rust off a little bit before we start going at him. Okay. Um, but yeah, happy to see Isaiah Livers back on the floor. They desperately need him um at this point. 
Um, outside of that, um, the bench really played bad. I, Alec Burks has not played well at all since coming back from injury. Um, that's him coming back down to earth and even going worse than coming back down to earth is killing the Pistons bench. James Wiseman just... I, I'm just not going to say anything because I don't want to be mean, but it's just... It's tough. James Wiseman just not playing well. His minutes are killing the Pistons. Um, in just nine minutes of action, he was a minus 10. It's Not having a third backup big that you can trust where now you have to play Stu at five for a whole, like... I, you guys know how frustrated it makes me. I, they need to get a, another backup big. They they need to address this. Um, Isaiah Livers didn't play well. Marcus Sasser only played five minutes in the first half. Didn't particularly play well. And then Killian Hayes only played 13 minutes. I don't know if that's because his new role, what he's going to play from now on, or if it's because he's on minutes restriction due to the, the injury. He had a shoulder padding on both uh, both his shoulders. Um, he didn't play well. Oh, of two, He only took two shots in this game. He, honestly, you didn't even notice he was out there when he played. Um, kind of just out there in this game. So, not a good game from the Pistons bench at all. Um, that's all I've got for you guys, man. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day, man. Hopefully, I look, I, hopefully they can beat the Wizards. That's all I'm going to say. Like, hopefully, hopefully the Pistons beat the Wizards because if they don't, man, man, oh, man, it, it, it's going to get really bad, really, really bad. Um, but again, man, thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. Free and available on all your podcast platforms. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there. Go Lockdown Pistons. Till next time, peace out.